Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon. Welcome to the COB. It's great to have your company this afternoon. My name's Kyle Rodder. I'm with Danny Accurier. And uh, Danny, we've broken the run. Yes, I know. It's looking rather nice. It seems as though the ASX 200 is up about 91 points at the moment or 1.3%, but we'll have to wait for the final trades to come through. Yeah, we'll see how the CBO 200 has finished the day's trades. And uh, there we go, up 1.21%. So right at the highs of the day, that's um, a good sign, I guess you could say. Again, it's been a pretty, um, well, dreadful three or four days of trades. So um, some relief there. Or I guess I uh, have to wait and see whether it's, well, uh, a meaningful bounce or the dead cat variety. But um, <laughs> let's get across the th- three themes, shall we? And I mean, I think that's the biggest one, of course, is that we have seen this bounce in the market. Um, but a few other things uh, to keep an eye on for our three themes for the day. And uh, well, another one is just consumer confidence at the moment, not particularly strong. Um, no. Nervous Nelly still. Yes, well, that's to be expected, though, isn't it? With you know, we're still in a rate potentially rate hiking cycle. We're certainly watching to see what the June quarter CPI does towards the end of the month. Yes, so consumers, as far as I can tell, they're all still busy overseas spending. Yeah, I will say. I mean, uh, maybe the, the circles that, uh, that, that no, 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 no. We've got lots of guests away, don't we? And we do have that. That's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, uh, plenty, uh, plenty of folks that we do normally speak to of having fun in a different part of the world, but that's um, good on them, of course. Uh, and I suppose the other thing maybe driving the markets a little bit today was some, I guess, proactivity from Chinese policymakers, or at least some signals of yes. further support that seems to have boosted yep. uh, our commodity plays and seems to have also supported some of the uh, equities across the, uh, the broader Asian region. Absolutely. And, uh, oh, isn't that interesting? Bond yields, yeah. So, well, they were actually coming down, but... <laughs> Looks like they've just ticked back up again. Uh, I thought, uh, yeah, that we had uh, some weakness there, which was supporting some of the stocks. But you're absolutely right. Mm. Some of those um, prices, futures, the Dalian iron ore futures were up today. Yeah, so uh, a few things there just to keep an eye on. And, uh, well, reasons perhaps that uh, we have seen the market push a little higher today. But we have had some, well, uh, news from a corporate and economic front, a mesoblast. Uh, guidance upgrade, I believe. And, um, we will get to that eventually, of course, in terms of um, the leaders and laggards, but it was certainly towards the top of the market today. Totally. I think it was up about 32%. Wow. Um, yeah, so we just ran through that with Marcus Stroger, also from Shore and Partners. And they have upgraded both full year and 23 and full year 24 guidance, and they're going to be cash flow positive by the end this fourth quarter of full year 23. So the market really, really liking that. Uh, might have been some short covering, but nevertheless, some happy shareholders. Yeah, and um, well, a upside surprise. And we've actually had a couple of them. We had uh, Ardent Legend yes- yesterday also. Yep. 
perhaps def uh, defying some of the doom and gloom. So, you know, maybe the bar's set low, maybe everyone's too pessimistic. At least we can only hope, I guess. Yeah, and I think probably we can expect ongoing uh, confessions going if, if mm -hmm. earnings are materially changed from guidance, then companies are obliged to come out before the August reporting season. Yeah, exactly. Um, stock of the day, it was in Care. Have you ever yeah. had much of an interest in it? I did hold it years ago. Right. But no longer. Yeah, okay, no no longer. Well, no. it might no longer be there to... I know, another be... stock that's going to disappear. Yeah, exactly. It seems to be a conga line of going off the ASX at the moment. Out, it's rather worrying. Exactly, out the door. So, uh, well, for the limited time that you may have, we spoke to Philip Pepe from Shoreham Partners and Mark Morland from Team Invest about, well, whether they'd be a buyer of Invercare here. in my industry called time kills all deals right and, and you don't love an extension uh, and I'm not overly familiar with transaction but based on what's been released today there's been no suggestion in the offer price will be upped it's just more confirmation of what's public and what's public is a $13 per share takeover offer share price is $12.50 $12.60 that, that sort of range um, if it goes ahead you still have to wait a few weeks to get your money uh, I would take the money and run. It seems like there's limited upside from $13, maybe get a frank dividend in there somewhere. Um, but I would just <coughs> say uh, it's taking too long, uh, put the money into something else, it's had a good bounce off its lows. Yeah. I would sell and um, let somebody else worry about it. I'd definitely sell now. Yep. Uh, it's too close to the number and I totally agree. There's Obviously there's a chance that it go, falls through. Yeah. If you actually look at it, uh, the company Invocare was going well in 2017 and since then it's been pretty well downhill in a zigzag pattern but their earnings have dropped for the, over, the, over the last five years. Maybe something about um, looking gift horses in the mouth when it comes to that one. Indeed. Take the money and run. Exactly. Take the money and run. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, let's get to our guest for the afternoon now. Martin Crabb from Shore Partners joins us at the desk. Martin, uh, great to see you there. Good um, to see you too. Do you have a view on Invocare? It was our stock of the day, of course. Nah. Nah. If you were, if you were in it now, you just, again, take the money and run potentially? Oh, I reckon when, when a bidder comes along, you can try and play a second guess. Oh, someone's going to come in over the top of the and increase their bid. Mm. Just sell. Just move on. Time to move on. Take the money and run. Yeah. Okay. Um, simple as that. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> the market today, though, a little bit of a bounce. We're really quite broad-based, yeah. you know, sort of snapped that four sessions of, of losses. I mean, was there a catalyst there or just um, a bit of um, seller's fatigue? Yeah, well, um, we, we sold off 3% in the first you know few days of the month, so it was mm. a pretty sharp sell-off. And I think just a little bit of a recovery from that, a little bit of a positive lead from overseas. Um, also positioning ahead of the CPI tomorrow mm. night. So mm. if I was a trader, I would not be... I would not have big bets out there at the moment. So if anyone, if anyone's a little bit short, maybe just thinking about covering mm. that trade because that number could move the markets quite significantly. So maybe a little bit of that. Um, noises out of China again. Um, you know, the Chinese language newspapers running stories that they're about to announce something, and we've mm. been hearing this all year. We just haven't seen anything. So, you know, iron ore was down four bucks yesterday mm. and I think it bounced a little bit today. So it's a little bit of a more positive tone, but I just think the market was a little bit very, very short term oversold and people just putting a bit of money to work. Yeah. yeah, apparently volumes were quite light too. So it doesn't take much, does it, to move share prices? Well, as you said, I mean, half the streets in, in um, <laughs> you know, Milan or London or Paris or, you know, the Tour de France or Wimbledon or, you know, there's a few of us working, but not many. <laughs> 
Well, let's move on to some of the economic numbers. And I think we've got a chart here that you brought in on consumer spending, yeah. which is starting to look a little bit, uh, well, continues to trend down. Hopefully, there we go. There's yeah. the chart. How are you seeing So the that? Australian Bureau of Statistics put together this experimental measure of household spending, because obviously it's a, it's a difficult thing to measure when you've got 26 million people running around spending money. But they've been doing this for a few years now, and it just gives us a gauge on on uh, month-to-month spending patterns. And it does correlate pretty well with what we're seeing from Westpac and ANZ's card data, because they, mm. they publish that regular basis too. But the interesting thing is discretionary spending is now negative for the year. So, and this is in nominal terms, remember Danny, because inflation's running at what, seven, eight yeah. percent. So in in uh, in real terms, discretionary spending is you know minus six, minus mm. seven, which is which is recessionary levels. Mm. So, and it, and it doesn't look like from the more timely data that we're saying that that's turned around. Staple spending is really being held up by prices as well, because we know that healthcare costs have gone up, insurance costs have mm. gone up, uh, energy bills have gone up, et cetera, et cetera. So really where, where you've got the, uh, the choice to make, um, people are reducing that spending. And you can see that, current, you could, if you overlaid the cash market, you'd probably see that coinciding when, when the, cash mar- the, the cash rates mm. really started to go up. People said, no, we need to um, cut back spending. And it also correlates with the fixed to floating roll off because mm. that's really happened mm. May, June, July. So you'll see that probably go lower again in the, in the next couple of months as well. I think CBA put out a study on spending intentions, so not actual spending, but spending intentions that also showed a big drop in, in mm. consumer spending intentions. So things don't look good for retailers at the moment, especially no. discretionary ones. Sorry, I'm going to be annoying because when we think about it, some of those price increases like for insurance, 15, 20%, yeah. Gas bills, electricity bills, yeah. I mean, rent. healthcare, yeah. rent, they yeah. haven't all come through yet. Yeah. So it does kind of beggar the thing like, wow, this could really head, head south yeah, a big in squeeze. September, yeah. October, November, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. The question for investors is uh, what's priced in? Because, Correct, yeah. you know, by the time the data becomes really obvious, the, <laughs> the market will have gone the other way. I mean, a really good example is is U.S. housing stocks. I mean, the U.S. housing market's just gone one way mm. all year and it's down. And yet you look at James Hardy and all these other U.S. builders and they're up 60%. So mm. it's like, at what point do you look at these stocks and go, this perilous outlook is really already priced in. Mm. It's my buy. This, this, the, the downgrade that they're going to inevitably have is my buying opportunity. It's not a selling opportunity. Indeed. What about leisure spend? We've also got a chart on that. So I suppose it dovetails nicely into the story we we're talking about before, which was around ardent leisures, um, you know, seemingly better than expected results. I mean, mm. are, are people still going out and I guess, you know, spending at hotels, cafes and restaurants? What are, what are we looking at here? Yeah, well, this is the category of discretionary spending that's not going down. Mm. Um, and, you know, you just have to walk around any, any CBD or any tourist area in any city and you know you can't get a table saturday sundays places are packed in the middle of winter mm. like vivid in sydney which just finished that was packed bastille day this weekend you won't be able to move down a circular key so that's one category that's holding up quite well and i think it's just probably still a lag of the lockdown we just got mm. we, we didn't we didn't get to do anything we didn't catch up with friends we didn't take the kids away on holiday and so we're still really enjoying that and and they don't split out travel especially international travel but i'd suggest that that's pretty high too so like all 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 the airlines are running flat out 
and yet they're having cancellations because of the wind. It's terrible. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but I think that's one. So that's one exception to the discretionary thing is people saying, look, I'm going to cut down on a lot of other things. But when it comes to, you know, go, going and buying the family pizza on a Friday night or something, I'm still going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. We don't want to be, uh, dare I say, locked in, as they say. Yeah. Um, stimulus hopes from China. Mm. We've got an interesting chart as well that you brought along with uh, BHP versus the Aussie iron ore price. Yeah. So we, we're the we're of the um, I suppose peak steel thesis in that China mm. has uh, reached peak steel consumption in terms of um, you know going forward they they're going to use more scrap and less blast furnace produced steel therefore the demand for iron ore and coal starts to fall so that's been our thesis probably a little bit early on that but just interesting to see you know you come in today the iron ore price is down four bucks you go well okay Fortescue Rio and BHP are all going to open down one or two percent and they all open up and mm. it's like you know this this relationship's broken down so a very strong correlation and I could put Rio and BH Rio and Fortescue on there it'd be the same thing they all they all um, you know swim to the same tide that that relationship sort of broke down about you know 18 months ago and BHP's you know, it's behaving less like an iron ore stock mm. and more like something else. So the thesis there is that copper. Mm. So Evolution Mining and BHP are going to be, a, a big chunk of their operations are going to be copper, obviously because of the Oz Minerals transaction, but also Evolution buying Ernst Henry. So people are attracted to the fact that I need to get exposure to copper and it's really hard. Mm. There's very few in Australia really got to go down the market cap yep. to sand fire. There's nothing in the hundred. Mm. So I think people are maybe looking at BHP and lesser extent Evolution as a copper proxy. And that would probably help explain the fact that why these guys are being delinked from um, from copper. Even Rio's got quite substantial mm. copper assets as well. So I think um, one of the interesting things about BHP is once it sells all its coal assets and energy assets, it's copper and iron ore. That's it. Mm. It's not a, not a diversified business. When's the mm. potash coming on stream? Oh, look, that's very, very long term. Right. That won't contribute for a decade. It'll right. be massive. Yeah. But but it's more a yeah twenty thirty sort of story rather than rather than sooner than that. So they will evolve into a more diversified. Yeah. But you kind of got to think they're going to go and buy something. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed, it makes sense. Yeah. Lest we forget, though, the Nasdaq 100 is going to rebalance. There was talk of that. Yeah, well, I just picked this up today and I thought it was really interesting. Mm. There's a quirky thing about the way they build the Nasdaq index. If um, the, the top stocks can um, start contributing more than a certain percentage, they reweight them down. And I don't know how much money follows these mm. indices, but I imagine it's massive. Mm. And I think Tesla was the stock that once it went through 4.8% or something like that, mm. it triggered this clause that's in the index construction that says they need to downweight the largest components of the index. Because you don't want what Australia has, mm. where you've got BHP at 12 and CSL at 10 and CBA at 8. You know, that's your index pretty much. <laughs> you don't want something like that. So, yeah, so I. I can't remember the dates. I think I sent the dates through. But it's the end of July, I think. Yeah, so the yeah. End, of, end of this month, there'll be a yeah. downweighting of some of these mega caps. Now, everyone's talking about the Magnificent Seven, about, you know, they've, they've made 65% of all the increase in world equities this year. Mm. Global equities is seven Huge, stocks. Isn't it? Mm. So there's going to be a downweight. So maybe that's just a catalyst for these. The PE premiums also 65% to the market, which has never happened before either. Maybe that's just a sign that that megatech story might just start having a few, you know, uh, pins put in it. So look out for that. Look out for that. Martin, really appreciate your insights as always. Martin Crabshaw and Partners, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Carl. Thank you.
Okay, let's get to the leaders and laggards now. We already covered one of them, which was... Megaport, off to the raises. Delightful. Mm. Uh, still a bit of gold. Um, Absolutely, gold doing very on. well. Absolutely. Yeah, so yep. that sort of was catalyzed on uh, by on, on a Friday night. We've seen some weakness coming through in the US dollar uh, the last few days. The dollar index is down quite quite considerably. Always uh, good for gold prices. Mesoblast also up 6.6%. Uh, the laggards now... For the day, funnily enough, Santa Barbara, but we're still sort of talking about uh, well, the own sort of very particular issues to, to, to that company, I guess, and, and how it's impacting its share price. But the, the, the losses were few and far between, which, you know, for me, sometimes with my trader hat in the past, which was a little bit like what Martin was saying before, going into a risk event, yeah. where you sort of uh, reposition a little bit, Ooh, especially wow. after some selling. Um, this sort of broad-based rally where nothing actually seems to fall particularly much always yep. actually um, raises some level of concern rather than perhaps a hope, but we'll, um, I guess, see it once we get those CPI figures out. Um, but as you can see there, Cromwell, Helios, Data 3, ASX, amongst the worst performers, but all down by less than 1%. Uh, to the small caps now, leaders and laggards, um, starting with the leaders, of course. Nothing out there that, um, <laughs> that really jumps to me. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what language that is. It looks out, <laughs> I would assume it's interplanetary um, or type of one Danny another. butchering yet another name, <laughs> my not, speciality. I'm not going to try. Um, we'll go to the, the, the laggards now, see if we can um, pronounce any of Pacific those. Pacific Edge down 10%. Yeah, yeah, most of those I feel pretty pretty comfortable Next with. Next Ed, that's been falling for the last couple of days, haven't it? They've had a you downgrade. You said it was downgrade, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, They've got some problems, again. I think, over in Europe, so off another 6%. Right, okay. There but, you go. <clears throat> just having a look at the index. Oh, we'll go to what's on first. Well, what's on? Actually, if you uh, would be so kind and uh, type into that computer of yours there, forexfactory.com, there was some CPI data, uh, sorry, employment data out of the UK, which could be interesting that I think actually dropped at four o'clock um, because that's what's on overnight. We'll get that up now because there's a few things that we will be watching overnight. It's that UK labour market data. Uh, we might see if we can um, get that just up on our screens to get it across you uh, What's, what's going on. Um, but th there's also the German Zoo Economic Sentiment Survey out, which can be quite influential as well. Uh, but those UK employment numbers, claimant count change uh, up by 25,000. Uh, average earnings though, up to 6.9%, which has increased by more than expected. And yeah. the previous number was upgraded. The unemployment rate almost also rose to 4%. Because, uh, Lots so that's, going on there, isn't there? Yeah, that'll, wow. that'll be interesting to see how the markets respond to that. Of course, mm. the, uh, the data has been very messy in the UK recently. And of course, well, I suppose just their economy generally speaking, or at least the way that uh, the Bank of England have had to approach things, certainly ah, in this situation. See, there we go. The bond markets, I think, are just doing a little bit of a... Doing a jig. A, yeah, doing a little bit of a jig off the back of that. Interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah, some, unemployment's uh, going up, yeah. Yeah, mixed, mixed data there. Um, yep. Let's look at what's coming up tomorrow because we will have the RBNZ. And on top of that, pause, too... Pause for the RBNZ. That's the call, isn't it? Yep, that is the call, yeah. 5.5%. Correct. And uh, also Mr. Lowe speaking. So that will be interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking in particular on the subject of that RBA review and some of the changes that are expected Seems to come from it. Seems to be it. quite a lot going on there, doesn't it? Yeah. And People of course, I'm sure you'll get grilled. And... Well, yeah, exactly. Getting, mm. um, you know, greener pastures, mm. I, I guess. Um, so I guess she's out of the running now. And, you know, we're, we're probably only weeks away, actually, from finding out who will be uh, the uh, the governor in well for the next seven years or so. Mm -hmm. um, one would assume that Governor Lowe will not get another crack oh, at well, things. Well, we don't know we, that. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see, of course. But um, I don't think he'd be at the top of the betting markets if if there is such a thing. Sports bet does everything, I suppose, and I'm not paying, getting paid to that. I don't gamble, but they'll bloody um, you know make a market on anything. Correct, they yeah. will. They make a market on a market. Market on a market. We well, had a market on whether Koshy would cry on his last day. 
We could, I mean, you know, I'm, a, I'm in on a sky, but we could have stitched that up easily. Would have been a huge capital injection into the business. Oh dear. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. I'm, I've got uh, the ASX 200 actually up over 100 points, about 105 points, so one and a half percent. So uh, the SIBO going the other way. So I'm just going to refresh that just to make sure that um, my computer's not telling us little porky pies. No, I'm still getting that. So that's interesting. It looks like there was uh, quite a bit of buying coming into those last few minutes here. Lovely. Well, up one and a half percent by for the session. As you can see, there the SIBO up one point two percent, and I think there's a touch of buying going on in futures as well. I, I didn't have a check in the last quick two hours, look. but nevertheless, it was a good day on the local market. Danny, uh, what do you reckon? Wrap it up there. Wrap it up there. Yes, just having a quick look. US futures are up. And uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see if anyone's going to stay up for those uh, Wednesday CPI numbers. Oh, it's only 10.30 this time of year. It's fantastic. I you know. get to bed relatively early. Anyway, I digress. Uh, remember, you can catch up on all the news and interviews on your website and app. Otherwise, have a great night and we will see you tomorrow morning. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.